Let's go, Premier Pep Talk, episode 38. What's up, my people around the globe? What's going on? Premier League fixtures this weekend. A couple of midweek ones to preview. FA Cup was today. Lots and lots to talk about. Where shall we start, sir? Oh, that's a good question. Do we do we touch base about the the fragile state of a London club right now? A very fragile <laughs> state of a London club. Should we? I mean, we might break them. They are very fragile. <laughs> we have to be very careful while we, we talk about very, this club right now. To treat them with very delicate hands. <laughs> that fan base is probably the worst misery it's been in quite a while. And I'm soaking all of it in right now. Chelsea Fan TV is the new AFTV, baby. It's gold. It's miserable. It's gold. I saw people crying. This weekend on Chelsea fan <laughs> accounts, I saw people yelling. I saw stuff broken. Yeah. Mm, I wonder if they'll write in the papers about how Chelsea fan TV is toxic, like they did for Arsenal fan TV. I doubt wow. it. Wow. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt they will. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Well. I mean, that was the last game, Premier League game of the weekend. We had a Carabao Cup final after that. Um, but, I mean, two. <gasps> the hell with that bullshit-ass Carabao Cup The energy final. drink final, I call it. <clears throat> two zero Spurs. We will start there. Really, I mean, it's getting to the point where Chelsea, where I don't have much more to say about them. They're just so bad. <laughs> I re- I'm really running out of words. It, it, they are they are fucking shit, to say it nicely. Um, yeah. As alarming as the Southampton loss was, I was more bothered by this one as an outsider. It was pathetic, beyond pathetic. There wasn't one moment in that 90. 90- I watched the whole match. Okay. Nice 8.30 start Sunday, drinking my coffee, eating breakfast. Watched the whole match. There was right. not one moment in that match. That Chelsea had the upper hand. And Tottenham wasn't even that good. They did nothing in the first half. And still, I never felt like Chelsea was going to win at any point in that match. I mean, it was awful. The tactics, again, awful. Players that you spent $100 for, looking slow, looking lost. (laughs) Reese James now looks lost. Ben Chilwell looks lost. The players that were good for Chelsea... Now they now they don't look good. I I I don't see how they can keep with this five we discussed. We have a five year plan with Potter and we're sticking to it. Yeah. I, I don't see how you can do it. It it's bad. That was that was such an easy two nil win for Spurs and they, they never got out of second or third gear. I mean they played mediocre and dominated. Yeah. And remember I brought up the stats. This was the first time Tottenham has scored at home in their own stadium against Chelsea. And they just That's... rolled them over. Insane. Insane. Like I said, I don't have much more to say. They suck. That's it. It's really bad. It's really bad. Sucking is probably, like you said, putting it light. I, I have a question for you. Um, and I think it can be summed up. Just, just I think, yes or no. Or, yeah, kind of. Maybe somewhat. I don't know. Do would you say Tottenham are a team that like to concede possession and then get you on the counter? 
Would you say that's somewhat of Conte style? 100%. Now, I'm going to ask you, what was the possession of this game in particular? What was Tottenham's percentage? Holy fuck. I didn't even look at that. That's embarrassing. It I didn't even know, but I, I cheated on the test. Did you? And, um, yeah, it makes sense. Seven to three, 70 30. That, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised because, like I said, <laughs> just, just the eye test, not even looking at stats, it was bad. I mean, a, a home loss to 20th place Southampton is bad enough. For me, this was worse. It was, it was absolutely pathetic. Such a boring yep. game. Yeah. Um, this, for me, was the game to where you have to wonder what the fuck is he doing exactly? Because couldn't tell you, you there's there's you have you have reached the point where the gelling and and the the picking of the squad these excuses go out the window it is painful to watch chelsea attack and this man from a fundamental core perspective needs to find tactically in in training what the fuck are they doing? Because how can you justify having purchased all of those midfield attackers to look as a bad? Have they even signed? Qu- I mean, Cucurella. <laughs> but like, have they even signed any major big time defenders lately? It's all been midfield attackers and, and attackers. So Fofana, Kulabali, Batashili. But he didn't even play, and it, it's funny they they've they've gone back to a back four when they signed like five center backs. Um, Kolobali, um, Cucurella can play center back. They do have a lot of center backs. They just brought in Badashili. Uh, um Tiago Silva just got hurt today, which yeah, saw that. That's another big thing. He's hands down been their player of the season. It's not even yep. debatable. And he's now going to be out until mid-April, at be- at at best. He's old, so it might it, six weeks might be eight, and then mm-hmm. you're saying, you know, he's out for fucking pretty much the rest of the season. I mean, I don't. I really don't have much more to say. I really don't. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was pathetic. Uh, do you know what the Chelsea goal of the month was? The one. How <laughs> <laughs> feel it. West Ham. You know what Chelsea's worst goal of the month was? Because <laughs> they only scored one. That this is so dis this is so disrespectful. You know, you talk about their fan base and Rory having the the disrespectful to the establishment for for Holland predicting he's going to have the most goals. It's predict it, it's disrespectful to the establishment to think that Chelsea can spend that much and be that shit like. We've really, they are case in point as to why money doesn't get you a goddamn thing if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Because clearly they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They thought they were cute with those contracts. And you you just, I I, I, I look back at the Tuchel signing. If I'm, this is me if I'm Chelsea. I'm trying to put myself in this shit god awful scenario. And why would I've ever be excited about a player like robbing our, like, I guess 
my win would be I fucked over Arsenal getting Modric, but like I just got Raheem Sterling. I'm still excited and fresh off that. What can we get from him from a winger position? You 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 go from a three back. You know what Tuchel was doing. You know what it is. Yes, it was struggling, but you know what it is. You cannot tell me you know what Potter is. You cannot tell me what he does. I don't know does. what the strategy is. It's, it's, and it's shameful to be a top six club. Yeah, dude. It's it's really, really bad. This is as <clears> low as I think um, it's been for them in a really, really long time. And we're talking about a club that likes to already fucking talk about firing managers even when they're winning but not winning enough you saw Josie would get a draw during a great season and they're pissed off about shit so i don't know man a lot of questionable times on that side of london and i'm again <laughs> let me sit back and drink a little bit and have a good time to it my I'm man enjoying Fuck them for taking that Potter champions in. league final this yeah. podcast is Potter <laughs> in. yeah Potter at the wheel actually you're right absolutely keep it going however I think there's an international break coming up at the end of March. I think he'll be oh, gone by then. That's when they do it, you know. Yeah, I have a feeling. Because this yeah. is too bad. I mean, this is awful. That performance yeah. this weekend was pathetic, and I don't see it getting that much better. Uh-huh. Um, they may pick up a win or two, but it won't be impressive. And uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just bad. And all this talk about we stole this off Arsenal, this and that. You guys might have helped us because guess what? Mm. Trossard's balling right now, and he's able to play that false nine position, kind of like Gabby Jesus if you watched our game this weekend against Leicester. I don't think Mudra can do that. I don't. So you you might have helped us, not to mention you gave us Jorginho, who's playing very good as well, and has brought some leadership to the team. So all that we fucked over Arsenal talk, you might have helped us reach Mm -hmm. the title because our squad's looking a lot more – competent now than it did four yeah. weeks ago so that might have backfired on you too anything else is going to backfire on you because it seems like everything that chelsea touches right now is going to shit at they, this point uh, when they sell kai havertz to Bayern munich he's going to be the next Lewandowski. that's what, i'm just going to say it because it seems like every move they make whoever they yeah. bring in is crap whoever they send yeah. out does well so yeah <laughs> timo's timo's killing it back in leipzig absolutely yeah. you're spot on yep. Um, yeah, what what I would also kind of add to this is I just want to point out the goal by skip. Um, that shot outside the box, Keppa, what in God's name? Yeah, that was bad. What the fuck are you doing? What in the world, dude? Straight on, you have to get better, no matter a dip or some curvature to it. I mean, dude, you gotta, you gotta get that stopped. That's a straight on over the bar. Something, something, but get it out. And it was just, yeah, I, I, it's, it's so bad for them. They're finding ways to new ways to lose, and mm-hmm. something a Knicks fan used to be able to say, something yeah, that like bad teams and bad clubs, you know, can be able to say. It's like, oh wait, you know, even for them, I don't think I don't think I've seen them yet. The next phase, let's predict it. I'll do it now. The next phase is. Taking a goal lead, thinking it's a wrap, and losing back on a back-to-back goals in the 80th and 90th on an yep. extra time. And I'm going to look at those are going to be an own goal too. 
<laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I'm gonna go ahead and look at the schedule now. You got Leicester or this or Leeds this Saturday. BVB uh, Borussia Dortmund um, next week midweek for the Champions League. Leicester, Everton, Villa again. Pool. It might be pool. It might be pool early April. I don't know, but Leeds just got a new manager. New manager bounce. I mean, new manager to bounce. To make it even funnier. Grandpa has just lost to two teams in a row that didn't have a manager. One because Conte was sick, and the other one because Leeds had an interim. I mean, yeah. you just can't make it up. And and I just want to talk about Enzo because listen, I see, I see, I see the positives in him. He he can really put a good ball over the top. He's got good vision. He's got a good shot on him. He seems to maintain his space well and. You know, he's not the quickest, but you could see he has good positioning and good positional awareness. Yeah, I agree. The dude is slow as fuck. I mean, (laughs) this is the problem with, with, like, honestly, I'm I'm not sure he's much faster than Jorginho. And Jorginho's, like, 15 years older than him. But (laughs) this is the problem with getting hyped off World Cup. International ball is completely different from the Prem. Completely different. And you can't get mesmerized by eight good performances in an international game. There's people who are, are amazing in the international game, and they do nothing in their in their league games. Enter Valencia yeah. was fucking balling. This guy's a no-name in Turkey right now. I yeah. mean, you can't yeah. get mesmerized by it. And you see, like, Enzo, $120 million, eight-and-a-half-year contract. Listen, I'm sure... He'll adjust to the prem. He seems talented. But if he doesn't, you got seven more years, my friend. Uh-huh. If Mikhailo Mudrik doesn't become tighter with the ball, less sloppy, worse, bet, better first touch, you got him for seven years too. You thought yeah. you were, like you said, you thought you were being fucking cute. Oh, look yeah. at this. We found a loophole. And you thought Let's you were being cute. Out. Yeah. <laughs> and that might backfire on you as well, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just. <sighs> It's absolutely. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I really am. I hate that fucking club. I honestly hate them more than Tottenham. I really do. I yeah. hate the arrogance of them. The 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 the, the, the ridiculous spending with Abramovich. Now the ridiculous spending with Bowley, and you know they seem to skate past that oil money criticism that a lot of clubs get. But fuck them. I hate them. Fuck them. So let's just talk about Tottenham now. That's a good win because. Newcastle didn't have a Premier League game, so they can add to the the distance a little, put a little more no. pressure. Good win for them. Like I said, Skip, I thought he played good. That should have been saved, but hey, Kepa's weakness is those high balls. Those high balls, he can never get to them. Or if he does get to them, he weak arms them, and they go right past yep. his arm. So, And then Harry Kane with the inevitable second goal. You knew that was coming. I think I predicted it, so I think I got a point for that. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good win for them. It is. I mean, as crappy as they're playing, they are maintaining that fourth spot. And if they get out of the season with as bad as they played and they get Champions League, uh, that, that's a win for them. I'm sorry. That is. I hate to say it, but if they're able to get that fourth spot, which is looking more and more possible, Newcastle keeps looking shittier. So, yeah, good win for them. What? What are your thoughts on Tottenham looking better with Conte away? Is this assistant <laughs> yeah, making you know now? 
is this assistant now. making a bit of name? Is this assistant make making a bit of a name for himself in 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 a temporary hiatus for Conte as he gets better from whatever I don't know. surgery or I, it, situation? It's hard to say. Been. Yeah, it is. I'm going to compare it, it to when Steve Kerr had back surgery or whatever, and Luke Walton was the interim, and he was like 27 and two. And then <laughs> yeah, the Sacramento weird. Kings paid Luke Walton to be manager, and he's trash. <laughs> That's exactly so I, how it I went. Think it's, I think it's more of that. I really That's do. exactly how that went too. That's yeah. such, and now uh, uh, Lakers uh, first. There, so 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 uh, he 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 got a uh, yeah he so ended he, up being head coach the for the Lakers. First. Yeah, he ended yeah. up going to the Lakers right after uh, being that uh, yeah the hiatus. But uh, uh, yeah, he is currently now an assistant coach. In the league, yep. I know he's active with one team, but for the Cavs. I mean, Cavs, Cavs. Yeah. I just pulled it up. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's more of that. I think it's coincidental. I mean, they have a good record against City. That was one of their wins. Chelsea is just mm-hmm. pathetic right now. That was another one of their wins. And West mm-hmm. Ham, you never know what the fuck you're getting from them. So we'll see if if it turns out that he he has to manage nine more games and he ends up getting good results out of that. Then we can talk. I think it's coincidental now, but it's worth bringing up because it is kind of funny. Uh, do we – it's our first game. I have not tallied up the points at all. I have you it all in front of me. I, them. I know you hit a bullseye on the first game. That pissed me off. I wanted to bring it up because this is the game. Do you, Can you think of any moment that Chelsea – didn't they hit one off the post? I swear they hit one off the post in this game. Think they might have, but that was that was literally their only moment. Yeah, but it was even off of a ricochet. I'm pretty sure it bounced off something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a it was weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, no, both of us got points. Uh, you predicted two to one. I got a bullseye two nil. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think of Spurs. If you said it best, credit to them if they somehow grind away. And I got Kane right. Yeah, you did get Harry Kane. So technically, it's two to two on this. Yeah, you did. Oh, three to um, two. You get three through a bullseye. That's right. Yeah, three to two. Um, so I, I just, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to make of of the Spur, of the Spurs team overall because you send out Spence on loan, you don't have the consistencies. I just, in my heart of hearts, it's not because I can't stand this team and their owners shit and some of their fan base sometimes is an asshole. And I just think that, you know, what it comes down to is, is this whole thing that I don't think they deserve it yet. I think they're grinding and finding their way, but I think there are other teams out there that have really like, I look at Brighton and I feel like with the managerial change and all that they've tried to like have to go through and they're actually like winning games. I look at teams like Fulham, why can't they go on a strong ass run? Even though I, did they have a disappointment today in the FA Cup? I feel like they did. Uh, um, I thought I saw they won, but I might be wrong. I would love for a team that we don't expect, like Leicester did by winning it a few years ago. I would love for us to see that fourth spot taken by a team where, like, wow, that's impressive. How the fuck did they manage to do that kind of thing? So Fulham beat Leeds. Good, good. That makes me that makes me feel a little bit better. I like Fulham. I do. Yeah, me too. But that Wolves, that Wolves game, and we can we can pivot to there now. One one at home against yeah. Wolves. Very disappointing. I think mm-hmm. you hit that one on the head too. 
Boom. What the fuck? Two on the <laughs> I did predict yeah. weekend of um, the draws, and it wasn't. Yeah, well, you got that one. But Sa, Sa made an incredible save at the end to make it he to keep did. it at two. Because if not, I was going to get the bullseye because I had two yeah. one. So you, you gotta th- you gotta send a little thank you to uh, your boy Sa because he he gets you that three points because that was a great save. Um, yeah, really, really great save um, at the end. But yeah, that, that's disappointing because Wolves is coming off a terrible loss last week, and you know you're at home for them. You want to maintain that good home form, but you know there might be a little bit of slippage here. It's mm-hmm. it's a long season. They're playing some FA Cup games and stuff like that, and they're not a deep, deep team. So I I would love to see them get top four. I would love to see them get top six, but I think they'll probably slip a little bit more. It's just these seasons are so long. But anything in the top ten is a great season for Fulham. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh it's also important to note, you know, I'm I'm watching a little bit more of Tim Ream, just having an appreciation of how at his age, dude's yeah, managing very to good. get it done. He's very, very good. I'm I'm I am appreciative of a guy like that managing to stay relevant at his age. And he's an American, so I really, really like that. In fact, I might actually cop his kit. Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> um but yeah, disappointing. For them to get that draw, you got to keep that momentum. It's not a team that I think can can afford itself points like some of these other clubs, like you know Arsenal, City, and United. And Fulham need everything that they can possibly scrap for. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes for them. I'm kind of uh, uh, thinking a little bit more of uh, the summer with Mitrovic possibly leaving, and if they do get a sale for him. I would love to see how they end up turning some money around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he'll definitely – he's getting older, so if a big team's mm-hmm. going to grab him, they'll grab him this year. But, yeah, they can get some decent money for him, I'm sure. So, yeah, but yeah that was uh, that was the first game. That was actually on Friday. So let's go to Premier League games on Saturday. And let's start with Arsenal. I think that was the first game on Saturday. No, No early games. So – we had Arsenal going to the King Power, Leicester City, um, and getting the 1-0 win. Very, very dominant performance. Leicester, good defensive performance, clean sheet, held them to a .01 XG, which <laughs> is absolutely insane. I think it's one of the lowest XGs ever posted for a home team yeah. in the Prem, which I love because I've been saying defensively we've looked sh- shaky and we need a clean sheet. I need that clean sheet. So for yeah. me, a one nothing win, I would like to see more goals, but we really flex defensively. Gabriel continues to be great. Uh, he's been our best center back since the World Cup, hands down. Best defender. Mm-hmm. Probably if he keeps this up, he's going to be our best defender of the season. Um, wow. He was, he was outstanding. Absolutely yeah. outstanding. And his, he doesn't get enough credit, credit for his passing. Um, the Trossard nutmeg assist to Martinelli will get all the headlines, but just rewind a little bit before that and watch watch the over the top ball from Gabriel. His passing from that center back position is really really key for what we what we do. He's got great vision. He's got a really nice touch in his passes from a center back. So I really think that goes unnoticed. Everybody sees Gabriel. They see a big big center back who likes to bully people, and they don't realize he he actually has some nice nice passes you know he's got some finesse on those balls he puts through 
So that was great. Tressard starts at the false nine over Eddie and Ketia. That was a big talk, talking point. Yeah. And it worked out. He didn't do everything Gabriel Jesus did. But he did a lot that Gabriel Jesus did, and it was good. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of one-twos. Him and Gabriel were switching. That's what happened on that goal. And, you know, we've been saying Gabriel Martinelli's been slow, slow since the World Cup. Not that great. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking Jesus being out had a lot to do with that. So you put Trossard in, and guess what? Martinelli scores. Great goal from him. Uh, only goal of the game. Um, we have to, have to discuss Arsenal being on the shit end of the stick of another VAR uh, decision. Was it the right decision? It probably was a foul by Ben White, but for some reason I never see those called. I mean, they brought out the magnifying glasses again for Arsenal. Yeah. And to make it even worse, not even five minutes later, Bakayo mm-hmm. Saka is two hands around the waist, taken down to the ground by a defender. Mm-hmm. No check. No check at all. Yeah. It, it's just it's just annoying, and it, it always seems like there's an agenda because there was a call against Aston Villa this year. I'm not going way back. This year, yeah. where the defender was holding Ramsdale, Douglas Louise kicked it in from the corner. VAR check. No, goal stands. This one, mm. there's three people holding each other's hands. Ben White is holding. It's probably a foul. But they make sure they review it. Magnifying glasses come out. Yep. Yeah, they check. Goal overturned. Even though VAR is for clear and obvious errors. Mm-hmm. The goalie gets a hand on it. We get the ball. It's not like the goalie misses it and Gabriel hits it off his head. We right. bat it out. They're, the defense is able to reset a little, and Tresari gets a worldy goal. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just fucking annoying. It seems like we're always on the end of these, and then to make it worse. Insult to injury, we can live with the call. But then five minutes later, we get a clear in-the-box foul on Bakayo Saka. Nothing. Right. It's just it's it's fucking frustrating. It really is. And I'm glad we won, but I think it's more important that we call out VR when we win so we don't feel like fucking crying babies. Just saying, oh, yeah. we keep losing because of VR. No, no, no. Now's the time to call them out because we won. And they made terrible decisions again. Terrible. Yeah. The, the, the ref was terrible. Zero, zero yellow cards for Leicester City. They were fouling the shit out of us the whole game. Zero yellow cards. Not one so fucking the, card. Just, just to even influence that more, total fouls for the game. Arsenal had nine. Leicester City had 14 fouls. They had more How fouls. How do you have 14 fouls and zero and yellow cards? Yellow, yeah, and, and no yellow cards. That doesn't um, make any sense. In in just getting your breakdown, and I don't want. I'm going to start with this. I don't want to end with this because I do want to talk a little bit more about that false nine and, and tactics with with Miguel. Um, what I'll start with is just listening to your to your breakdown as to the VAR situation. Listen to the discrepancies that we have that you're pointing out. Obviously, not a full understanding as to when, why, why in the fuck are we looking at VAR? Who decides mm-hmm. when we look at VAR and why are we deciding VAR? A clear understanding as to both players going down in the box. Why are we not looking at players that that literally go down in the box? There's not a process or a rule that says yes or no, or in this situation, things happen. We have had multiple situations where from a corner, a play happens in the box 
and we don't have a full understanding of that's going to get called. Sometimes it gets called or gets looked at, or sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the Ben White was that situation uh, for this weekend for Arsenal. The one that City have had, and I've seen a lot more clubs have issues with, is the one where the uh, offensive player will literally jump and put two hands on the shoulder of the defender and mm. essentially just hop on him more and to get more leverage and kind of get to the Tottenham ball. game too. There Eric you go. Dyer did it. We've had it done to us where we've conceded. Not even a look. Essentially, Ruben Diaz got dunked on. No big deal. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't get why that was this the shit Champions happened. League game, right? Sure was. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, yes, it's going to be called crying and bitching. But regardless, you have to be consistent about it from a fan base. Whether you win four nothing and there's now at that point, you want to be a little bit more strategic. It's just like I mean, yes, technically we should be all. If it's in the box, I get it, you know. But I'm obviously not that worried about trying to run up a score. We're worried about situations where it's game defining, like it's going to decide the match kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the ref was off it. The ref was definitely off it. Um, I don't think. See, and here here's the thing. If we can acknowledge that you have to ref certain games differently based on the opponent, the rules do not change. The The rules have not changed. And that's what I have a concern with. Because just because Arsenal are faster, just because Arsenal are to the ball quicker and are, are, are just all around more enhanced does not make it always their penalty like you're you're punishing soccer for being so much faster that you're you're gonna tell me that ref is keeping up with that guy and getting the right angle to be able to see what's necessary and the fact that just because you want to play the role of i didn't see it so therefore i can't call it what is that line judge on uh, purposes for what 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 is his role in that do we add, do we need to add a fourth or a, a, a fifth whatever official number it would be where we're on the actual end lines by the goal, and they're just going uh, up and down vertical. I don't know. I'm open to anything to where if we need more eyes instead of just VAR, because obviously you, when you go to a video, you're fucking bad at it. You can't even get that process right. So instead of taking it to the video and not, let that be another result, get another le- level of ref in there. At a college basketball game, you have three refs, a side ref, sideline ref, and then a ref that's following the back. And then they all just go and kind of interchange kind of thing. You know, in high school, you'll have the two ref combo. So, like, I understand it's more of an enhanced game. I am open to all of these suggestions. So, fuck VAR. You got hoed once again. Didn't get the game. Uh, didn't call the game for you, which is a good thing. Uh, but I'd still hold true. I don't think it's an agenda against a particular club. I truly think these motherfuckers are so incompetent. It's clean slate all around. And it just so happens that... You guys are are getting more of the shittier refs. Uh, we've had another ref come out over the weekend, and we'll be yeah. retiring at, at the end of the year. So you're starting to see some of these things where I feel like cages are rattled. Um, that's it for VAR from my end. Golly, can we please discuss Miguel and the absolute beauty genius and the ability to change on the fly, kind of. Do you know that yeah. that man went through three changes in that first half stru- st- structurally and tactically that I thought 
oh my god why didn't he want to get so fucking dangerous with like this against us I thought to myself, I was so impressed with the concept of him going false nine in it. Trossard is, I feel like for me, that was the weekend where he, this weekend, he, he's made himself an Arsenal player. Like, mm-hmm. for me, and it, I know I'm he's so scored already. He get that goal. I'm yeah, so mad. But, that was but, such a great yeah, goal. Yeah, it was. And <clears throat> and I just feel like the, the beautiful play, um, it's a weekend like this where if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm looking up at Edu and I'm like, "This a little bit of this win is on you because as much shit mm-hmm. as you get in the window, I, I if you guys give him shit, I don't know. Tiki, I, I'm always raving yeah, Tiki do. Master. No, the fan base is always on his ass. Yeah, but so for us, it's, it's opposite. We're we're loving on Tiki, but Edu, I think this one's on him because you see Jorginho looking younger. I feel like Jorginho was. A, well, I mean, you didn't. We saved spend him from a house money. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 a winner. That's a winner, and um, I, I, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed with Arsenal. I'm very impressed with Miguel with the tactics, just the ability to just conform and change. And I don't know. I don't know what. Do you have room for Raheem Sterling? Is what Jorginho's asking right now. <laughs> I would like to get a younger winger, um, but I know Mikel loves him. So we'll we'll see. Any- um, we we will see in the summer. Yeah. I I wouldn't be against it, but I I think we can maybe do a little better. And I think I think we're set on wingers now with Trossard. Okay. He can move around across any of the front spots. We just saw that he can play any of those spots. And um, I think if we get a forward, I'd like to see a, a striker, someone who's a little different. From Jesus, Trossard, and Ketia, someone yeah. who can maybe get a header, bet a little bit, you know, hold up play header, kind of what Man United thinks they have with Winghorse, with Bratwurst. Um, you know, they think they have this guy who's amazing at heads because he's six six, but really he never scores headers at all. Um, but like a different kind of striker, a Mitrovic kind, a Tony kind. Tony's about to go to jail, so that wouldn't work out. But kind of that kind of profile of a striker. I think that I'd rather get than another another winger. I feel like we're good on wingers. And yeah. good news today, guys. Gabriel Jesus back in full training. So that, nice. that's a big win. You're adding Jesus to this already versatile front line. Now you have options of Trossard, Jesus, and Ketia. Smith Rowe played 45 minutes in the under-21s. He's getting his fitness back up. I mean, hopefully – we're peaking at the right time here, you know, oh. hopefully it's, and it's looking, it's looking good. Great bounce back two good road wins. And tomorrow we might as well preview that game. Now tomorrow's our game in hand, the famous game in hand. We've been waiting on forever. It there seems it like it's finally here. Sean Dyche coming to the Emirates and hopefully we kick his ass. And that is exactly <laughs> what I'm predicting. I think we will get our revenge tomorrow. Emirates is going to be lit. Midweek game, that place is going to be bumping. No new manager bounce. He's been there. Uh, Goodison Park, bogey ground for us. We won't be there. We'll be at home. I really think this is going to be a emphatic win for us. Uh, I'm predicting 3-0. I think we continue with Trossard at the front nine, front false nine. I think mm-hmm. that low block, it'll be a lot easier to solve with 
Trissard and Martinelli and Saka able to kind of yeah. rotate in those positions. Trissard able to play that false nine, hold up the ball, kind of move around in that box, kind of like Jesus does. I think we'll get better luck breaking down that low block that you know Dice is going to play. So, right. yeah, I'm predicting a 3-0 win. And uh, they stole a goal from my man Trissard on the weekend, but he will get one tomorrow. And there's two games, so we can pick up to two goal scorers. There's two midweek Premier League games. Uh, Liverpool right. Wolves is the other one. So uh, what are your predictions for the Arsenal game in hand? I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to go with the dominance of Arsenal and possession and everything. I think the low block's going to be difficult for them still, but I think they're going to get through it. I think that first goal is going to come fast, which is going to make it a little bit more stagnant. I don't see Everton being able to score at the Emirates at all, at all. Um, yeah. I'm going 2-0. I'm going 2-0 Arsenal. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin's out as well. Um <clears throat> So, you know, Neil Maupai is going to be a shithouser. He always is against Arsenal. So, yeah. But I'm sure Arteta knows that as well. So he'll warn the defenders. Because um, last game, Maupai and Zinchenko got into it a little bit. I don't know if you remember that. Hmm. But, yeah. Uh, did you pick a goal score? It's this game. What's the other mid-game? Oh, well, this Liverpool one is pretty safe. You know, Odegaard. You can pick two. Hold me. He's been hoeing you. I know. I need to avoid him. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm. I'm gonna go with unexpected. I'm gonna go with this little fucker continuing to show himself. I'm gonna go with Jorginho scoring scoring a goal. Wow, I love it. Yeah, he's been playing great. I mean, really, really great. Partey's been out, and we really haven't missed him. Obviously, mm-hmm. we need Partey back, and he's in full training. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, all right, cool. That was the weekend game and we did a preview for tomorrow. Let's go back to the weekend games. And we had, let's talk about Everton. We had them play at the weekend at home against Aston Villa and they lost 2-0. Ali Watkins with another goal. He's on good form. I think that's four in a row, four games in a row for him. And the second goal was from uh, Buendia. So good road win for Watkins for, for Watkins and Aston Villa, um, yep. especially after that loss to Arsenal the week before. Uh, Emmy Martinez didn't headbutt the ball into his own net. So that's uh, that's progress. <laughs> that's <laughs> Did you watch true. this game or have anything to say? No, I watched the highlights. The only thing that really pissed me off is that 2-1 to one is what I predicted. So I would have been able to go ahead and get uh, – a bullseye on this. I was the only one who got a point. You predicted a one-one draw. Um, I had two to one Villa. So, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's really talk about. It's really hard to watch when you talk about a team that plays Everton. You're mainly just talking about that team because, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are we going to talk about with Everton? We know. We know what yep. we expect. Just negative shit. You know. Yep. 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 Not exciting. Low block. Every once in a while, they'll show up and beat an Arsenal, get a draw against City. But more times than not, there ain't shit to talk about. Um, So we'll move very quickly from that one. Leeds, Southampton, good 1-0 win for Leeds. New manager bounce, get a nice win over uh, Southampton, something uh, some team in London couldn't do last week. Um, But we (laughs) we move off that. Um, Yeah, anything about that one? 
Uh, you had a 2-1 win the leads. You know, shout to you for getting the plus one there. Uh, I predicted a draw. I thought Southampton had a little bit of something going. Um, fuck them. Not pick them. You know what? What pisses me There's off is nothing going. A, a shit team from from London. They they had that going. I have That's to, it. That's I have it. to justify. I have to justify the new manager curse or the new manager trend when their asses beat us in the fucking uh, oh, soda yeah. city soda fucking energy drink fucking tournament. That's so right. when that happens, I have to be like, well, what the fuck, you know? But it's yeah. that new manager shit. Yeah, but fuck Southampton. I'm done touching anything about that club. I hate them. I hate them. But good win, good win for Leeds, new manager, and they got Chelsea this weekend. Um, and we'll talk about that in the later in the week pod. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, David Moyes gave a big fuck you to me and you with a nice <laughs> 4 nothing home win. Um, yeah, that was crazy. It was 0-0 at half. <clears throat> I think it was 0-0 until like the 68th minute. And then by the 82nd minute, it was 4-0. Goals, goals, goals galore. Uh, Declan Rice with a nice curler outside the box. Danny Ings with a brace. Um, Is West Ham back? Or is this just a fluke result? Complete fluke. The bubbles were really flowing in the air. The goals were flowing at West Ham. What do you think? I think it's definitely a little bit of a blip and a positive for them. You know, you got to think – they're going to be high off of just absolute nonsense until they play again. Uh, the thing that has me a little bit, the talking point for me is what happened with West Ham today and a particular player today. Skamaka. What happened? Has, Skamaka was signed to like a, a, a sports agency. Today he was released from said sports agency. Wow. They said, fuck and, you. And a general, in a general kind of, we care about the player, we care about the relationship, this is why we're parting ways, whatever kind of thing. Don't know what the hell that's going on and what's with that. But I say all that to tell you, I don't trust what the fuck they're doing in there with the players that they sign, the actions. Um, David Moyes really triggered me when he came out and just wanted to say that Declan Rice is a is a hundred million pound player and we're not getting rid of him for less and all this kind of stuff. Because when you start to do that publicly and you're not winning and you play an already neutral fucking style of ball that basically says let's go out there and I don't know, you put something together. You know, I, I think he is a little bit of some negative football. When you think about how they play, just sending it up to Antonio. I mean, it's literally just a long ball. Just send that shit. Like, that's old school fucking United were winning in the 90s that way, bro. Fuck that shit. So I really don't like it. I really don't like him. And I think the Skamaka situation, why are you even, what, what's the deal? What's the deal here? He, I mean, he's with you. How many games has he played? You know, I did see one banger of a shot a couple times from. Yeah. I did see the one beautiful goal. And then I think he got a corner or something like that. But I haven't seen anything consistent from this guy. Um, I still hold true. He looks like a creative player off fucking FIFA. And, yeah, I'm just, whatever, enjoy this win. But I think this is good from far. Good from far is what I would say for them. Yeah, uh, the Declan Rice saga is going to be interesting. City got linked to him. Arsenal said to be leading the race, but now Man United is now in the race, they're saying. Saw that. So the Declan Rice saga is going to be interesting. 
Um, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens in the summer over that. We definitely will. Um, but yeah, here we go. Next game of the weekend. That was where the fuck is it? That was uh, your game, Man City against Burnmouth. Uh, nice four win, four one win on the road. Couldn't keep the clean sheet. Gave up another mm. late goal. I know you were pissed about that. I know you said you wanted a clean sheet. Um, yeah. Didn't get it. And uh, but you did get the win. And Foden scores. Hallen scores. Alvarez scores. Goals well distributed. Uh, good road win against Burnmouth. Yeah, I was super, super, super happy about this because it's it's less. I mean, I think we knew we were going to get the win, but it was more. Well, I mean, I don't know with the teams the way we were scoring going into this game. Uh, I, I was really, really more concerned with obviously keeping the clean sheet. I they get a pass because of how Pep used all five of his fucking subs. <laughs> I let, let me say that one more time. Pep used every single one of his subs. Yeah, that's shocking. And for him to do that and play. Uh, the back line, I mean, we had Sergio Gomez and at one point playing a, a double pivot. The double pivot is here and it's the future. We are doing, du- we are double pivoting the fuck out of teams next year. <laughs> book it, book it and book it now. There's no question. I know this, like, I trust in it. It's happening with the, with the people, players that we're linked to, um, the moves that we're looking to make with just Pep and his talk. He tells you everything. If you just listen enough, the double pivot is happening and uh, I was happy for Sergio Gomez. I was obviously disappointed he we conceded, but Sergio Gomez was on the pitch, so I think that's he was in midfield. But I'm just giving shit. It's if he been a while since we've seen him, it has been a while since we've seen him. We got a great, great look at him. Calvin Phillips played well as uh, also. He also played tremendous today. Why are we seeing Calvin too? Very, very, very good for us City fans. This is the kind of stuff that we like to see right now. We want to sprinkle in some Foden is back on the good graces. Scored today, scored in the in the uh, in the weekend game that we're breaking down. I'm really really happy from where we are overall. Um, yeah, the, the pass on the on the goal conceded. I feel like if we would have been the starting back line, we would have been okay. Um, but yeah, I, I feel good about it. We needed a win like that going into the rest of the season. Yeah, good win. Three points, two points behind Arsenal. Game in hand tomorrow, so you'll know if it'll be a five-point distance or if it'll be um, two, three points. We'll see. We'll see at the end of tomorrow. Um, FA Cup game today. Did you get to watch it? You want to comment on it? I saw you guys won um, 3-0 Bristol City. Uh, Foden with a brace. De Bruyne with a late goal. Great. We actually played a, a really good lineup. Um, I haven't. I saw. This, I saw the goals. I saw that the starting keeper for Bristol City is named O'Leary. So I'm gonna love <laughs> love the fact that for the next few minutes, I'm about to tell you that we pelted O'Leary all fucking day <laughs> at O'Leary. We scored goals on O'Leary's head. O'Leary didn't know what the hell to do back there. His front defenders were shit. Um, he had no help. He had one to two glimpses where his team looked attacking, but O'Leary was fucked going into this game. We pelted his ass. Uh, Foden, great, great to see him. Um, contract talks for my guy, Julian Alvarez. So happy for Yuli. Um, I bring that up because we have a lot of Barcelona people, a lot of crazy things happening on Twitter saying that, again, another an- another situation where 
outside Spanish clubs are linked to my club and they're just leeching, leeching like absolute peasants, like ple- like plebeians would. It's shameful shit to what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's the Bristol City game was good. I feel like it's again, we need these little small things, these small victories to kind of make sure in the grand scheme, do I care about the FA Cup? Not compared to the Champions League and the Prem, but what I do like to see is a consistency, a style of play. If this were the first half of the season, we would have not seen this. This game, and we would have drawn, or we would have lost. And I'm telling you, back then it's okay, now, because it's like, whatever, early on, we'll figure it out. We have lost all that room, all that room forever. We need to, every game seriously matters. Carabella, I don't give a shit. Win. We have to. We, it, we're we're going into March, man. It's that time. So, yeah, I'm 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 stoked about it. We'll see who we play next. The draws aren't out yet. I figure they weren't. I think they're on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so they're actually think, waiting till after everybody plays to do it, unlike the previous fucking round. I think. I think I might be wrong on that. Yeah. Unbelievable! That shit was annoying. I know we have games tomorrow. Yeah, now we do. We have four game, four games. Oh, is there okay? Yeah, tomorrow it's uh, Southampton versus Grimsby, Burn Burnley versus Fleetwood, Man U versus West Ham, Sheffield versus Tottenham. Actually, Black, if I'm not Blackburn beat Leicester today. What? Yep, Blackburn beat Leicester. That was the hmm. upset of the day. Brighton beat Stoke. Fulham beat Leeds. Um, and we got four games tomorrow. But let's go back to the Prem. Zero to zero at Selhurst Park, Liverpool. What a disappointing result! After they were back, we're back, baby. Top four is back on. No, 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 no. Real Madrid said no, sir. Crystal Palace said no, sir. Sambi Lakanga was dominating the midfield. Embarrassing, Wild. embarrassing from Liverpool. Wild. Um, yeah, boring fucking game. Honestly, Liverpool's lucky to get the point from what I saw. Uh, Palace hit the bar a couple times. Good opportunities. I don't know why Ezzy was not starting in this game. He came on for 20 minutes and he dominated it. I don't know why he didn't start. Vieira, you, you have questions to answer, my friend. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is uh, disappointing for Liverpool. I mean, they're still in it, as sad as it is. But, you know, teams around them are just not taking care of business. Not taking care of business. Newcastle's a little blip. Fulham's hitting a little blip. Brighton's hitting a little blip. So they're still in it because, you know, as, as as crappy as that draw is, you know, you want to get a win when Crystal Palace isn't playing good, no Zaha. But they have two games in hand on Fulham, and they're only three points behind. They have the same amount of points as Newcastle. Or they're five points by Newcastle, same amount of games. But they're only nine points behind Tottenham, and they have two games in hand on Tottenham. So they're technically mm. still in it, but... Yeah, um, I don't think they're doing it. They're too fucking inconsistent. They are way yeah. too fucking inconsistent. Every time you think they're going to pick up, they drop. They drop two games, or they drop points in two games. Every time you think, oh, they're in a rut, then they pick up six points. They're way too fucking inconsistent. Uh, this the question still stands: Where is Arthur Mello? That's an important <laughs> question that we're going to continue to ask. So we actually see him on the pitch in a 90-minute game. But, he's in yeah. training, bro. He's back. No, he's I know. back. I'm going to show you. 
I was going to say, I'm going to send you footage. I'm going to send you footage from Twitter. I have a question for you, and I'm going to pose this to you in a way to where Arsenal or Arsenal. Fuck, no, Arsenal wouldn't do this. Maybe they would. I don't know. I hope they're not this stupid. Let me ask you this. It's it's the consensus for Liverpool right now. If we get a new midfield change, complete makeover, all we need is like three quality. Okay. I, look, thank you no, for asking. Him. All right, I'll, no, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. I'm going to give you the three names that I think I hear more from their fucking mouths more than ever. Okay, you ready? Yep. Jude Bellingham. Yep. Casado out of Brighton. Mm-hmm. And they're going to sign Tuchemeni from Real Madrid. Why would Real Madrid do that? Why would Real Madrid do that? They wouldn't. If they do that, then they're getting Jude. So you ain't getting both, my friend. Let's suppose that the Anfield agenda believe that Fabinho is worth $70 million and Fabinho will actually be part of a deal to go over to... $70 million <laughs> Snickers bars? Is that that? Listen, actually, I'm telling you, it's not even worth seventy million Snickers bars. I'd rather fuck. I am sharing with you what I know has been consistently covered from a Liverpool Anfield agenda perspective. They say the links for Fabinho, but yes, come on, seventy mil. Seventy million is their rating. Have they they not watched Fabinho this year? Do they not realize Fabinho's decline is the reason why they're so terrible? That if Fabinho played. 75% 75% as well as he did last year, they wouldn't be in this decline. And he's, Do they not realize that? They're going to be lucky to even get 30. 30. 30. Like, I don't understand what, like, I honestly want to ask the person who sent that out. What do you think evaluations are done on? He's no spring chicken either. Well, that's another 30 years old. Remember, we don't know his exact age because apparently he lied about it. Oh, I mean, that's it's, right. It's a, it's a whole thing. We don't he's even really, know. Fucking... He's, they say he's 29. So what is he really? 31? I would say 32, 33, probably <laughs> in my humble opinion. I mean, he's 20 fucking nine. Listen, I got to see those jeans and it's in the mom's dad. So I, it's it's in his dad. And it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, balding. I mean, the guy's slow as molasses. It's fucking done. It's done. And it's you're done. quoting 70 million. So I say to you. They are proposing from an Anfield, from a Liverpool, all their fans, midfield, complete makeover. Two quality CMs and a CDM. And we are back. Is that holding up for you? That's not happening. They can get Caicedo if they pay the 80 million or 70 or 60, whatever he is in the summer. I don't think Arsenal will go back in for him. I think they'll probably you don't, pivot. You don't. You're, yeah, yeah. You, you, nah, really? I don't think so. They usually don't go back in twice for people. They might, but I'm sure they yeah. – there's a lot of links to Milinkovic Savage. There's a lot of links to Declan Rice. Um, yeah. A lot of links there. So you never know. Is Jorginho to the end of the year or is he no, signed a contract? one more year after that. And there's okay. an option to extend. So – but so he's set, there in so ages well, so – would you say they're to a certain argument, to a certain degree, 
we don't have to get caught up in transfer talk for Arsenal right now, but this has me, I love this topic. It gets me excited. Would you say right now then you're kind of out of the market unless you can always get a Declan Rice? Are you out of the CDM market right now? We're definitely getting another midfielder. We need a Champions League quality midfielder for sure. You can't, Jack is getting older. Jorginho is older. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to add another midfielder and then Partey is always hurt. So I still think we'll get two midfielders. And then okay. I think we'll get a striker as well. Um, okay. So with the Champions League money, we're definitely going to be in the market for players. We're yeah. not going to rest on our laurels. I just don't see that happening. Mikel yeah. always says you always have to add, 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 add. So um, oh, yeah. I definitely see that happening. But, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing. Um, you know, the, there was those weather balloons shot down off the coast of the U.S. There was <laughs> lights up in Alaska. It was just Arthur Mello. They finally found him. <laughs> They found finally him. found them. They returned him back to Liverpool to training. Maybe we'll see him on the pitch. They thought we thought it was aliens. Him. They thought it was China. It was no, just Arthur Mellon. He was bored. He hasn't played all year. <laughs> he comes back to fucking – I mean, what do you – think about the players that have not been playing. I mean, in fairness, I don't want to give credit to the fans, to the pool fans to think that, like, your injuries have been the reason because you've had pretty much the same core. It's just some of those newer players that have gotten hurt, like the Luis Diaz and – um uh, the the guy now, uh, Melo, that we're talking about. But, like, I mean, you've been shit. That midfield is not solving. You just had a nil-nil draw to Crystal Palace. You were yeah. just fucking got, what, five on your head by Madrid. Like, this is a clear defensive issue as well, and that's a mm-hmm. clear attacking front issue. So your midfield is not going to solve that. Either of those, you can make the case that it'll help alleviate stress from the defense and help into the attacking. I can I can hear that, but a complete mm. mid- midfield makeover is going to get you what? What are you thinking that you're going to get with that? Like it's bad times for you, man. You got to figure shit out tactically. You're not doing the shit that's needed. Look at Miguel and the exchanges that he makes and the, and the complete diversity. Liverpool are still doing that gangum shit that they they feel like they're going to be in it. It's gotten old, man. It's gotten old for Jurgen and company. I think it really has. Jurgen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that finishes the weekend fixtures. And like I said, they have a midweek fixture uh, against Wolves. I believe it's at Anfield. Let me look it up. Yep, at Anfield tomorrow at 3. Uh, let's do predictions for this one. Goal scorers, you you lead the way in this one. All right, what are the two games? What are the two teams? Uh, Liverpool at home against Wolves. So we know Wolves have kind of had Liverpool's numbers for a little bit. Lately, they've been playing yeah. them. They definitely have. They show up. They show yep. up. Liverpool, you said it best. All these other teams were dropping points this weekend, and this was your chance, and you hoed it. Mm-hmm. This, I think, Klopp is going to get it right. It's not going to be super attacking, which is so crazy to say because they really actually are. Liverpool, I think, is still one of the clubs that at any given moment on a weekend, if I gave you the fixtures, took the fixtures away from you, didn't let you see shit, and I said one of those teams put up seven, you can probably list Liverpool as a top four club that would do that. I don't think you're saying that about Tottenham. I don't think you're saying that about Chelsea. Actually, we know you're not saying that about Chelsea. Now, West Ham, um, think – Tell me what four clubs would you say you can think? All right, any given weekend, they put up seven. I think Arsenal can do it. I think I damn know well City can do it. But after that, I'm kind of stuck. I'm really kind of stuck. So 
I think it might be more attacking than I'm probably predicting. I'm only I'm going nice and clean with this. One nil. And the second goal scorer for me is gonna be Mohamed Salah. Even though he just fucked me. It's all good. It's all good. I think he's got it right for this game. I'll take noodles as the goal scorer, and I'll take Liverpool. I think they're going to get some goals, zero goals on the weekend. Yeah. And after those two goals against Real Madrid, zero goals after that, slapping. Yeah. So, you know, since that second goal midweek, they haven't scored and they've conceded five. So I think they'll get some goals here. Anfield is going to be the key factor. They'll be back at home. Wolves coming off a. Good draw. They got a point probably at Fulham where they probably weren't expecting it because they're in a they're a top seven team right now. So I think it'll be a nice, comfortable win for Liverpool. Um and I think after that, Liverpool plays Man U this weekend, I'm pretty sure. So, so two good. big games at Anfield this week. Yeah. If they really want top six, you get six top top four, sorry. If you really want top four, you pick up six points there. Two back to back home games, one against a rival, one against Struggling Wolves team, very inconsistent, bottom of the table Wolves team. So here I'm picking Noodles as a score, and I'm going 3-2-1 Liverpool. That's a good shout. That's probably going to be more practical practical than my 1-0. Um, I'm looking, so they play on Sunday then, or yeah, on Sunday. Wow, it's the main game. Holy shit. It's a big one. It's a big one. That is that is a huge one. Is Ten Hag doing nothing other than celebrating the energy drink cup? We got to talk about that. For, yeah, good pivot for pool. Good pivot. Holy we totally shit. skipped over the, the energy cup championship. Uh, Man, you win it in the weekend. Two uh, zero. Really, really boring game. Newcastle were never in it. I thought it was a disappointing performance from Newcastle. Um, very disappointing. They couldn't finish anything. Um, they're really, really struggling to score goals, and they struggled this weekend. Good performance mm-hmm. from Man U. Um, you know, Rashford with another goal. Probably should have been saved by Karius, but, you know, that's what happens. And, yeah, Man U finally won a cup after six years. So, you know, there's a lot of Man U fans sticking out their chest, Ten Hag masterclass, and we have to give props, but we have to also put things into perspective. The the cup run was one of the most easiest, one of the most easy cup runs I think I've ever seen. Pretty uh, pretty weak. So 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 easy. It's not debatable. It's they not played, debatable. It's a joke. They played the the from the round of sixteen. In the round of sixteen, they played Charlton. No, they played Burnley at home. Then they played Charlton in the round of eight at home. Then they had two legs against Nottingham Forest. Then they get Newcastle in the final. I mean, really, really easy. Uh, I still think Ten Hag's doing a great job. There's a mentality there that it seems to be forming. And, you know, sometimes you get lucky draws in a final and you're able to walk your way to it. And then it's just one game you got to win. And that's what happened. That's what happened here. Uh, Credit to Man U. They're playing well. But we'll really start to see, you know, their depth. I, I, I still maintain that their depth 
and all these fixtures they're playing are going to catch up to them somehow. And Ken yeah. Hag's not really rotating. He's playing these guys week in, week out. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Klopp is serious, he's going to see that and he's going to pounce on them on Sunday, put the pressure on them, high press, typical Liverpool ball. But, yeah, it was a it was a good game. Did you watch the Carabao Cup final? I don't give a who. I will never watch any final that United are a part of. I will never watch that fucking game. Never in my fucking life, even if it's a Champions League final. I will never watch that fucking club celebrate a fucking thing. Fuck that. Fuck that game. It was an absolute joke going into it, thinking that they had a fucking opportunity with Carius the fucking... That man has got nubs for fucking hands. I don't understand. what I was watching his warm-ups. I was getting clips from his warm-ups. I was like, fuck this. This game's going to be an absolute joke. Um, yeah. I... I it was an easy route. I just want to know. I'm going to be that salty fucking city fan for a minute. For years since this fucking bullshit cup started, this League Cup was an absolute joke for anyone else who won it. It was that bullshit. Oh, whatever. That Mickey Mouse Cup is what people would fucking call it. You'd have City win it. Oh, it's a joke. Won it four times in, in, in the, from the inaugural time it started. And that inaugural season, we won it four in a row. Slapping fucking folks. No one gave a shit then. They tainted it. Oh, please. It's a joke. No one gives a, no one gives a fuck about that. All of a sudden, other people win it. Clubs are like, yeah, well, I, I forget who won it the fifth year. Or, or I can't even keep up with it anymore because I really don't give a shit about the damn thing because of how much disrespect there was about even just another club winning it. Now, United do it, and Ten Hag's back. Would you have Ten Hag as your manager if over your current manager right now? All of this shit that comes out, and again, it's all of it because it's United doing it. You have what, and what's so funny? My manager says it best. Do you think that they're back? Was essentially the question, or or do you think that they can run for a title? And my manager basically just says, "I mean, if they keep spending money, yeah, everyone yeah. has a good laugh to it." And then he says, "Because they haven't been spending money, you know." Sarcasm. It's such a good point. Like they've been doing the spending this whole time, and they haven't done shit. And now they they got some structure and some organization, and they do it, it's like, wow, we're supposed to celebrate it like it's fucking Mardi Gras, like it's a, like it's a huge thing. When in all actuality, it should be expected. And I don't know, this club and this fan base who talks about their championship and their prestige and their entitlement and, and their, their, their royalty and how they do things, I would have imagined some of you fucking Bruno Fernandes uh, uh, what's another one on there that I think is Lissandro Martinez? Didn't you just win a, a World Cup? If I'm, I'm thinking these guys would have just grabbed it, looked at the rest of the players, and would have been like, "Open the bottles, enjoy it, look good for the cameras, but come tomorrow, we're throwing this shit into the fucking cabinet. And we're moving forward." Yeah. No. You get Lissandro and, and and Bruno out there doing and and Anthony doing a little dance out there with their manager, little skull and bone skeleton over there dancing ten hag. Enjoy it, have a ball with it. You're obviously climbing the ranks, but I'm going to give you the same disrespect you showed us when we won that shit four times in a row. You haven't done a goddamn thing for a dumbass cup. You had an easy easy run. 
easy run. The cup means nothing. It means as much as you did it once, okay? When you do it five times in a row, that's when I'll start to give a shit and I'll give you a little clap. Until then, kick rocks, bro. Fuck that. You didn't deserve it. 2-0 against Newcastle when they're third keeper. Look at the run you went on. You want to celebrate that? Your run has been... It's all mediocre. All of it. You haven't done a single thing that has shown me that has been like, we are championship title. This is not... You are not fully back. You are not fully back. And when Harry Kane says no to you guys this summer, I can't wait to see you guys try to justify Wenghurst is coming. Wenghurst is enough. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I agree. Fuck Man U. Fuck Man U. I, I keep seeing the, conspir- the comparisons. Look what Arteta did compared to compared to Ten Hag. The comparisons aren't even the same. I mean, look at this team Ten Hag inherited, and then he got 300 mil to spend at, at the yeah. same time. 300 mil. He brought in world-class Casemiro. He had yeah. v- Rafael Varane, a Champions League winner in the back. He had David De Gea in goal. I mean, mm-hmm. none of that is what anything like Arteta had in his first year. And in his first winter window, he had Cedric on loan, Pablo Mari on loan. I mean, that, that was his first window, guys. And, and you see what Ten Hag has spent. And there, there's no, conspar- no, no comparison. And also, let's not forget, M- Mikel was an assistant at Man City. Okay. Yeah. Ten Hag's been a manager in, in, in the Dutch league for years, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Years. Thank you. So let's Thank not you. actually look like he's some novice. It's yeah. not a comparison. You could try to do it because, you know, you probably feel a little shitty about the fact that Arsenal's in first right now and big old man you is struggling to keep keep up with them. Um, that's probably it. But that, I, I'm, that's such a lame comparison. You know, and then and then we forgot to discuss Potter, uh, Harry Potter, bringing up the the documentary that he watched that and compared. Please, like I said, the comparison is even more hilarious with you, Harry Potter, because you got six hundred million, and I know three hundred of that was for Tuchel, but those players are still there. And yeah. then you got another three hundred million in the, yeah. in in January, which winter window. If you spend a hundred million, that's a great window for you. You got three hundred, so let's not let's not do the comparisons to oh Arteta got backed. Well, you, listen, Arteta got backed slowly. It was a slow build. That he didn't spend three hundred mil to his third season. You got that in one window, my friend. Don't look and do the comparisons. It's this is a fucking shame that we even have to have a conversation about this. Let me just go ahead and start off and state some real simple facts. Eric Ten Hag is fucking fifty three years old. Miguel Arteta's forty. Miguel Arteta has been a player, and Eric Tenghag has been had every opportunity to learn under Pep, learn under the major managers, and do a thing. This guy coming up now, all of this shit about you know Heisenberg and Heisenberg came up on the quick flip, my guy, and did everything that he needed to do to get it done. And it didn't take that man over thirty fucking years to get to the top. Okay, that's not how things work. This man here. It's shambolic to think that you're going to compare what Miguel Arteta has done. You, you want to do the comparisons right? Make Start the season over. Press a reset. Make Aaron Tekhag do all of this with one leg and one hand behind his fucking back. Blind his right eye and make him fucking deaf. And now go out there and go manage that team. Miguel had not... Not even half of the resources that this man Eric Ten Hag had. And look at that growth and development. 
Now, mind you, again, some of these players, I think we noted already, Unai Emery gave the start, the first uh, start to players like Martinelli and, and other players like that. So it's, it's just to note that Arsenal were properly building. There's an academy in there, and they're getting things done. And the academy was proven quality players. Yeah. United likes to take academy players from their main city rival right there and go get Jaden Sancho to come in. Now, now's a good time to talk about him. Had a good little bit of a weekend. Had a good little bit of a run lately. He's he's playing better. So I, this is where I would say I guess it's fair to, to, to have the conversation. Are, are, are we going to say, are, are we going to have the scrutiny that Jaden Sancho, can we, can we do it now? He's back now. So can I do the stats and ask you if it's a fair evaluation? Because it's absolutely ridiculous of the shit that we're giving Super Gucci Jack over on the city side. But Jaden Sancho right, leaves. He, go, he goes absent. He goes absent for a month. Play, playing, playing, I don't know, but playing fucking uh, pickle nose. Who, who the fuck knows what the hell he's doing? Comes back and Eric, Eric Tenak sits him in the lineup. No big deal. We don't ask those types of questions, though. No, let's just focus on the bald man and the new prick who's doing well over there. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not with it. I'm not with it. And I think I'm not all with of the Heisenberg history. comparisons. I'm not I with that. that. Fuck the Heisenberg comparisons. No. You take your little Carabao energy drink that nobody fucking drinks. I got blue meth, yeah. motherfucker. I got the blue <laughs> meth, okay? <laughs> Fuck off. This meth will have you up for a week. That energy drink won't even get me through the fucking morning. <laughs> <laughs> no one fucking Carabao's in that cup, bro. No one. No one. Keep that same I energy. somebody in the UK. Like, is this a, like, popular energy drink in the UK? Like some somebody on Reddit I talked to, and they're like, I've never even seen it, so I I I don't understand it. Caraboa, Caraboa energy drink, never seen it in my life. So, all right, have fun with that little energy drink. We got blue meth over here in the United States, motherfucker. Yeah, we're rocking with real shit that'll keep you up for days. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but let's go. Uh, that's it. I think we're done for this week. Uh, we'll come back yeah. later in the week. Preview the weekend. We'll recap the Arsenal Everton and uh, Liverpool Wolves game. Uh, recap a little more FA Cup. But I think that's a wrap. Anything else? New York Knicks have Ooh, the eighth, Josh Hart, baby. eighth best record in the league. We have a six game winning streak. We have been undefeated since Josh Hart has played for us and has come Slapped over. Slapped up the Celtics last night. Got got Tatum, <sighs> Tatum tossed out of the building. That was beautiful. Should have had three technicals, according to Josh Hart. I, I love this team right now. And yes. for as much I'm shit impressed. as I've given Tibbs, I am Julius. You need to apologize, Ju- Julius. Yes, yes, I do. Comfortably, <laughs> I have to say, it is February 28th. It is the last day of the month. We are going into March. The, we have seen a strong amount of sample for this season. So at this point, I humbly come to all of you and say, I apologize. Julius Randle has been an upstanding, an absolute incredible stud player. He's one of the only players in the league that is top 10 in points, rebounds, uh, I think, uh, not assist, but I, he's up there. He is up field goal percentage. I think he's up there. He is incredible. He's playing his ass off. And whatever we do this season, it's going to be a lot of 
him being that impact player. Now, come the end of the season, no matter what happens, I thank you for your services, sir, because I do believe we are not championship worthy with him playing that role. Jalen Brunson needs sell high. I believe in selling high. And I'm sorry. I know this hurts a lot of Knicks fans. I know. How crazy can you be? We're playing so well. and You want to get rid of the best player. You don't even know what's going to happen at the end of the season. Here's what I can definitively tell you that I know what's going to happen. We're not winning the NBA finals this year. I can definitively tell you we are not winning the NBA Finals. Yes. That's okay. What I need is simply what I didn't get last year, which is playoff berth, but a first-round win. I need a second-round playoff series. If we can make that movement with this team, that is when I will consider keeping Julius Randle. But I love that money coming off the books and knowing that as of one of the three things that you need to win in the postseason in basketball, this is, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't, you are a liar if you disagree with what the fuck I'm about to say to you, or you just don't know fucking basketball, period. You need, the first thing, you need good defense. You need to be able to stop people defensively. Second thing that you need is quality fucking guard play. You need guards who can dominate the ball and make quality decisions. Now, that can that def- definition of guard play can change to a Jason Tatum or, or you know a swing player play. You need quality on the ball decision making players to go far. And the third thing that you need, man, is fucking luck. You're going to have to need to come up with the team that is injured, a loss of a player, or a team that just had a seven-game series and is coming off to game one to your building and they're tired as fuck. You need some luck. You need a situation where you're going to get fouls called your way, shit like that. So I don't think – I think we go further without Julius Randle unless we get to the second round this year. And if we can get to the second round this year, I will change – I will pivot. I'll look at the rest of this roster and tell you where we need to get rid of it. RJ, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. <clears throat> I, I, I was going to say I'd rather try to get RJ going and sell high on him because I think Julius's ceiling is somewhere that RJ is just never going to get. I don't disagree with that, but this is my problem with Julius's ceiling. It's an undersized big. You yep. do not – I cannot do it in this – it's 2023, Brian. If this was 2007, I'd be saying, you know what? We can do this. This is doable. But with the Jokic's of the world, with the LeBron – LeBron is the best small fucking center. He, if he's at the five, I'm like, let's roll. We're doing this. My big man can fucking bring the ball out. Everyone's fucking seamless. That's literally a Dan and Tony's fucking wet dream right now. That is the world that they live in, these fucking new coaches. To be able to come down and just have all your players 6'9", and all of them can just literally do all the different things, all the same shit. So the mm-hmm. undersized big, it's, it's just... For me, he's so capped, bro. He is so capped. It's like saying a floor general now. It's like getting Isaiah Thomas, like the the, the Detroit Pistons Isaiah Thomas. It's like signing him and saying, yeah, you, you got Zeke. You got a great player. Yeah, I had a great player in 85. 
in 2023, he's fucked. Like, you understand what some of these guards are going to do to him? So I, I just I struggle with the Randall cap, dude. I really struggle with him. He's capped, but you could argue he's like a top 10, top 15 player in the league right now. So the, the can you ever see RJ hitting that? Like, what if RJ's balling out? Is he a top 30 player? No, that's the no, thing. That's on. the thing. You're spot so, on. I don't know. We, we, we definitely have moves to make, but I think as Knicks fans, we should enjoy this because we're playing consistent, good ball. And yes. I, th- I think this was the plan for, for Sydney and um, Leon, Leon Rose. Um, <laughs> you know, make, make New York a consistent top four, top five seed. And I think once we do that, we finally, finally are able to attract the big fish. Stay yeah. in that top four in the Eastern Conference, top five, which we are now. Get a fourth yeah. or fifth seed. Win a first round playoff game. Show yeah. it. Show show how electric the playoff atmosphere in the Garden is on a national stage. Show how electric the fans will be when we win a first round playoff series, not just one game like we did in Atlanta. Exactly. And then, oh, Embiid's tired of losing in Philly. Hey, Joel, want to come over here? We got some. We got some trades we can make. We got some draft picks. Yeah, that's that's the game plan, and it looks like we're on the track to make it possible. And then we'll see once that the big fish always comes loose. Big mm-hmm. fish always mm-hmm. shows up. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe even Leon knows who the big fish is going to be. Former agent, he might know who's down the pipe. Who's going to ask for a trade next? So hopefully well, he has to be. Yeah, and 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 he, if he doesn't know that, there's a fucking problem because that's exactly what his job is. His job is to know that shit. He's got to predict to know it because I don't know what Sydney does. Yes, you're right. So I don't. I I really don't know what Sydney does. I, re- I <laughs> here's here's the thing though. Like it, it is more obvious than we make it. You know the links to all of these players is the agency. Yeah. See, it's all of it. It's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. It's pretty kind of laughable. We do know the what other clubs are doing, right? We do need to understand the 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 the, the perception and the optics of other teams and how they look at us. I was about to say city, how they look at the Knicks, which is we're all just snagging CAA players, and mm-hmm. I think we're just trying to be consistent in that regard. And and that's fine if if that's what we do. If they're quality, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's just called tapping into a source that you know that's really good. You got the connection. You know, other clubs and other people can look at it and, and rag it. I mean, until you can get good at fucking tapping into an agency, come talk to me. So I don't really give a fuck about that. What I do want to, and just from my perspective, you can talk about what you want. The Knicks. Like United, I gave them a bone and I gave them the truth. The Knicks and the NBA and the world of basketball is fucking better when the Knicks are relevant. And if we can find a way to turn it the fuck around and keep with this momentum and have consistent quality winning basketball, I would love to buy more into this team because we just need to be the consistent. I would love to not. I love to fire Tibbs, and this is where I guess I understand you Arsenal fans with all these years of this struggling because I, I have to put my Knicks on my Knicks hat on. I would love the concept of having Tibbs not be fired but transition into the front office and just let him be done with the coaching career. Take Sydney's like, spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or go even go go, go here, whatever you two do together, and 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 tap into something because 
I think in the long term, we need to create that culture, that base of foundation of just growth. And we're not going to do that when we go in and out of managers, and in and out of coaches and trainers and, and front office folks. It's just like, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. So yeah. more consistent we can be there. I, I think we're heading in the right direction. Good times to be a Knicks fan right now. Well, I'm enjoying it. It's probably the best ball we've played in a long, long time. Uh, take the COVID ball. season out of it. Um, I think it's even better than that season, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's more sustainable. We actually have a point guard, which is huge. Something simple I've been asking for 20 years, and who knows when we get a good point guard, <laughs> we actually look like a r- real team. What a, what a strange fucking concept. But um, uh. Yeah, uh, can't, can't say enough about how much I love Brunson. That was a great signing. If, if Sydney was involved with that, then I'll give him his props. But yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, great signing. Great signing. Hart, I'm really loving Hart. He's a New York guy. He's fit uh-huh. right in, just like a glove. Um, but yeah, good times in New York. So good time to be a Nick fan. Finally, finally, finally. Um, but yeah, we'll end it there. We'll be back later in the week. Got some weekend games coming up. And uh, we'll be back. Premier Pep Talk episode 38. We out. Peace.